Hello, savvy moms, savvy savers, savvy money makers. How you doing? How you doing? This is Elke, CEO and founder of Savvy Moms Unite Career Prosperity Catalyst. I am coming to you all today with a different type of message. Um, it's not quite off-brand, but it, it is a message that's been sitting with me for some time. Um, and that is... Your secret battles should not remain secret um, for too long. So there's a lot of times when we're going through stuff, whether that is, you know, loneliness, depression, um, finance troubles, relationship issues, um, family issues, whatever it is that we go through, career um, drama or career choices that we have to make sometimes that are made for us because you know things happen and we sort we sort of go through it in silence and we don't really deal with it because we're embarrassed you know where we think that we should be strong you know being strong means you fight this battle and you don't talk to people about it you don't mention it you just go through it and while you're silently suffering there's people around you who if they heard your story might feel less lonely or might feel strength in that story because when you've come out of it no one knows no one knows you went through something and no one knows when you've come out of it. And then no one kind of knows that, yeah, it's okay. If you go through this stuff, you'll be able to handle it. Um, and I think about, you know, one of my most vulnerable um, posts this year. Um, and that was when I spoke on my financial struggles that I'd had. Um, a year prior uh, and how I'd overcome it and it was it was so powerful to read it you know even a year after I wrote it and see how far I'd come even then but I wrote it at the beginning I want to say it was like the beginning of 2018 um well, yeah, so the issues I were having was like the latter part of 2017. And then I started to see things change in my life at the beginning of the 2018. And then I wrote the post like towards the end. I want to say towards the end of, of 2018, I wrote the post. And I go back to it every now and then to kind of remind me of when I feel stuck in moments where I think I'm not going to make it. I go back to that post and I reread it. I'm like... Remember when you went to nothing? Remember when you had lost almost everything and how you regained everything back and more and why it's important to remind yourself of those moments. And speaking out about those battles allows you to heal and allows you to help others who may be going through similar things but don't know who to talk to or communicate to because they're they're embarrassed and I remember even after I put out the post um and I'll I'll go into more details about the post in a minute but even after I put out the post I was almost I deleted it on one of my pages because here I am this businesswoman 
here I am, this woman who um, I had, uh, I'm this businesswoman and I'm supposed to be teaching women how to live their best life and be financially responsible and live this, you know, abundant life, right? I'm supposed to be teaching y'all to do this. And I was up there really going through it and didn't know how to express that to my audience. And I deleted it on my business page because I was embarrassed. And I didn't even want to put it on my personal page. And my sister was the one who encouraged me and was like, no, you need to tell this story. You know how many people might be going through this same exact situation and don't even know um, how to handle it, don't even know if they can even handle it and reading your story might encourage them to come out of it and I was like okay you're right you know being raw and authentic is part of my who I am it's it's what I push myself to be every day and I don't ever want to think I don't ever want this image that I put out there that everything behind the scenes is perfect or going well because it's not (laughs) I have my days I have my moments I have my time where I I really feel at a loss and so I was very mindful in that moment that I need to be very raw and authentic so I decided to put the post on my business page my personal page where a lot of my friends and family close family members are you know viewing and it's a public page and it was probably the most engagement I'd had in a post like in a long time it was I got inbox messages of people saying, hey, thanks for telling your story and inspired me. I was really at a low point. Gosh, I didn't even know you were going through this. How did you, how, like God had really been working on your life. We had no idea. Some of my closest family members didn't even know I was going through half the stuff that I went through because I was going through it in secret. And so I'll explain what it was. Um, Back in 2017, I had experienced um, some setbacks. Uh, I had moved. It was the first. It was this. It was the first full year in Georgia. Um, I had decided. So it was like around June of 2017. I decided to end a relationship that needed to be ended. Happy it was ended, and in a much better place today because of it. Um, it needed to end. It was. It ran its course. It was done, and we needed to go our separate ways. We were living together, and so we decided to part ways. And in that parting of ways, I decided to take on the apartment we were living in fully. Now, that meant I was paying rent, everything by myself. Um, something that I hadn't done in a long time because my previous living situation, um, when I wasn't living in Georgia. Um, Everything was covered for the most part, rent, you know, food, if I wanted it to be covered, could be covered. Like I didn't really want for a lot of things in terms of basic needs. Those were covered. Um, I had very little bills. And then here I go from very little bills to all these bills that I have to pay on this very low salary. Um, I was making the lowest I had made in years and didn't know how I was going to pull it off. I just had faith. Like pure faith is what drove me to this point of saying, yes, I'm going to take on the apartment. I'm going to take care of it and not worry. I'm not going to have to go to anybody for help. That's what I was thinking at the time. So 
when he moved out, I was like, all right, I'm good. We're going to take care of the, I'm going to take care of the expenses. I'm going to do whatever it takes to do it. And so, um, at the time I had just gone full time, I was part time two months before he moved out. And then suddenly, um, God, you know, shined the light and the, my boss at the time was like, all right, I'm going to make your role full time. And that made it very much easier for me to handle the bills, but still because it wasn't enough, like I wasn't making enough and I wasn't, my business wasn't really, um, in the flow at the time. So I was really struggling to make ends meet very much struggling to make ends meet. So I started looking for another job. I I knew I had to make more money. So in the midst of that, I started, you know, working with a spiritual advisor and just praying on things and, you know, building my faith in God that things would work out regardless of whatever was going on in my life. I was going to have faith. And so, um, I ended up two months later after he moved out, I ended up getting this really this really nice job at this great company, which I still work for to this day. Um, I was so excited. I was like, God, you know, you're really looking out. I was going to make a little bit more money and it would really allow me to not only pay my rent, but pay my other bills without having to feel tightness when it came to my finances. So I was good. (laughs) A week into my start of this job, I get sick, like super sick to the point where they had to tell me to go home. I was determined to keep this job. And I was like, no, 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 I could come. They were like, no, you got to go see a doctor. I ended up having bronchitis. I've had bronchitis several times in my life. um, And it's always been at a really crazy time. I got bronchitis when I was eight months pregnant, which was rough. (laughs) Um, And then I, you know, of course I get it the first week of this brand new job that I'm like excited about. I'm going to make more money. It's going to be at a good company. I can get my foot in the door and, and make things happen. Well, because I had to be out for the following week, for the rest of that week, because I got, they sent me home on a Wednesday. I could not return to work until that following Monday. Well, because of that, they decided to get the role to someone else. And I was without a job for about a month. Um, and because the position was coming through the temp agency at the company, um, I was able to work with who I was working with in the temp agency to find me another assignment. But that took almost a month. So I'm three weeks in, three weeks go by, don't have income, don't have a way to pay bills. I barely have money to feed us. I'm shopping at Dollar Tree um, to get us food, like eating ramen noodles and whatever we can find at the Dollar Tree because that's how we're going to feed each other. We're going to feed, I'm going to feed me and my daughter. And, you know, buying I told the trees from Dollar Tree, um, anything I could like scrounge up, whatever, at, you know, cash I had, credit card, you know, balances I had, that's what I was using. Um, I was just going to make things happen. And I did. Um, we survived. We never went hungry. We kept the lights on, kept, you know, stayed in the apartment. And then it got to a point where it was like, okay, do I pay my rent or do I pay my car note? And it came to 
a point where it was like I have to start paying my rent because I like I can't live in my car you got to live in my apartment so I you know September rolls around I pay the rent October rolls around and I don't have enough yet because I'm just starting back at this new job that this new assignment so like end of September I start the new assignment for the new role that I got and if I make less now than what they were going to give me in the previous assignment okay so I'm not making this money that I thought I make less than this less than what I was supposed to make but I took the assignment because listen I need a job we need to survive I'm a hustler we all make it work so I ended up starting, but because I had to wait a few weeks to get paid, it didn't coincide with when my car note was due. And it was only enough to pay half the rent. So I was in this dilemma where I was like, I need to keep this money so I can put it towards the rent. And I had just gotten this new car because the car was, um, I had turned in my lease. So I, when I came down to Georgia, I had a lease car. And I was like a few months shy of my lease ending. So I had to turn in the lease and get another car. And because the lease payments were so high, I decided the dealer had said, well, you need to then, if you can't afford these lease payments, you're going to have to look at financing because you might get a better deal if you finance. So I said, okay. I did it begrudgingly because I didn't want to have to own a car. That was never going to be the thing I wanted to do. After this lease car, I was looking at either leasing another car or buying a car, right? I, I really didn't want to have to own a car at any point. So I went ahead and agreed to the finance car. Um, and I think it was like in my second month, I had missed the payment and they decided they needed to take the car because they said at this point you haven't been able to like make consistent payments so we're going to come get our car and I said okay I was like if you can't wait a week for me to get this last check to make up for the payment it's all good like I'm not going to risk my home for this car I didn't even care about the car and when I tell you I didn't care about this car I really didn't care about this car I didn't like the I didn't like how it looked I didn't like, I didn't like being in the car. I like, I just rejected this car. And it was the first time I really didn't care for a car. And I started to realize my priorities were shifting because I used to love to style, you know, style and be, you know, I used to love driving around in nice cars. Like that was my thing because I had the money and I didn't have to worry about rent and all that stuff, you know, years ago when I was living in Mass. So driving a nice car was a status symbol for me. I had arrived. I had, I had made it. So here I was driving this brand new car I hated for the first time in my adult life. And I just couldn't wait till it got off my back. I just felt it was a financial burden. So when they said they were going to come and get the car, I said, okay. So I woke up one morning in October, getting ready to go to work. And the car's gone. I knew they'd taken it. I didn't even react. I wasn't even upset. I wasn't pissed off. I was just like, hey, well, that's what happens when you don't have the money. Like, it was like that for me. And um, I remember I called my sister and I said, yeah, they took my car. Um, It's all good. Maybe I need to focus on other things. It's all right. Like, I'll get another one. I'm not worried. Maybe this is my way of building myself up to do something different and she was like 
you sound really calm. <laughs> like they, you have no car and you live in Georgia. And I was like, yeah, it's all good. Like, what can I do about that? It's what it is. Um, so I just let the car go. And then a few weeks later, I went into issues with paying the rent. Because even after I got the second check, it still wasn't enough to cover the rent with all the late fees. Because my rent is due between the first and the fourth of every month. And I'm going into the end of the month. Now I'm three weeks out and I've got $400 in fees added on to my rent um, because I was late. And what stopped me till this day, it blows my mind. What prevented me from paying the rent? I was short $100, which I could have borrowed from a family member easily. But my pride and me wanting to suffer in silence got in the way this is key part of the story a hundred dollars is all I needed to make up the balance of the rent and I couldn't tell my family I couldn't tell a friend I could tell no one because I was embarrassed I allowed pride to get me to a point where I almost lost my apartment and had to pay an additional five hundred dollars on top of my rent to save the apartment that I borrowed from a family member at the end of the day to pay. Which thankfully for this family member, God bless this family member for coming through the way they did because we would have been on the streets. Georgia don't play when it comes to rent. They'll put your ass on the street quick and evict you without thinking or blinking and put your stuff on the sidewalk. It's that heartless. And I... I was afraid that was going to be our end game. And I I couldn't look my daughter in the eye when I got that eviction notice that was saying that if we couldn't pay the rent in a week, we'd be on the street. I I like went in my room and cried and cried and cried was, and was like, what do I do? Pride and suffering in silence almost made me lose my home. And had I asked for help sooner, we would have been in a far different situation. And what it taught me was, I can't wait till it gets so bad that I'm now desperate and have no choice but to, to go to someone and say, hey, help me. I'd rather get the help in a little way if I need it. So $100 stopped me from paying my rent on time, which till this day blows my, like, I can't even phantom it. When I, when I tell you I paid my rent days early, I don't even pay it on the, I don't, I don't even remember the last time I paid my rent on the first. I always pay it before the first because the way my checks are broken up, I can afford to do that now. But I allowed a hundred dollars to stop me from just opening my mouth and revealing what was going on. You know, when we suffer in silence, these secret battles will eat at us. I remember I was in such a bad state. I didn't want to hang around anybody. I didn't want I didn't want no one coming around my house. I didn't have no furniture. I didn't have no place to sit but my office chair that I bought from Amazon on my Amazon credit. I just I was so embarrassed by all what was happening in my life because it was such a big difference from what I had years ago. I allowed pride to stop me from expressing what I was going through and allowing people to help me sooner. 
And that's something I've had to learn as I got older because there's this mindset in our culture, especially among black women, is that we feel we have to save ourselves all the time and save other people around us. Like, we, we can't show vulnerability. We can't show hurt. We can't show faults. We can't show damage. Because when we show it, then it's used against us or it's a sign of weakness. And I had to really unlearn that because it's not. We're humans. All it does is reveal we are true humans and we can accomplish things, but we need the help of others. We can't be always the ones helping people and bailing people out. But when it comes to our bailout, we're lost. And I felt that way. I remember feeling like I've bailed people out of situations. I've given money, my last dime to people. Where are these people now? Where are they? Why don't they just come to my rescue? Well, they didn't know I needed rescuing because I never told them. I never revealed to them I had needed rescuing. I never told them I needed help. I just suffered. And waited until it got so bad that I had no choice. But had I said something sooner, maybe it wouldn't have gotten so bad. I'd be paying back a hundred bucks versus $1,500 in the end of the day. Maybe I could have saved my car. I don't know. I, I just, I just allowed my my false pride to be what held me back and what it did teach me was I need to really be better about my money that I couldn't be I could not be a slave to my money and that's what I was becoming I was becoming a slave to my money and not letting the money work for me and even in the midst of all that I still gave money I still gave my tithes I still tried to be very thoughtful in that way but then I was still wasteful I was still going out to eat when I shouldn't have I was still over indulging in some areas when I should have been a little more smart and made sure I had something in reserve so if anything were to happen I would never be at the mercy of 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 my dollar and I had to really have an open and honest conversation with the folks I was talking to about my life and say, hey, you know what? I don't have it together. I'm supposed to be teaching y'all this stuff, but I still go through my struggles. I still have to unlearn so much that I've learned from since I was a kid. I have to undo that. And it takes time. It takes daily practice. Because if I tell y'all that there are still days where I'm like, girl, you better not be doing that. (laughs) You need to be smart. Go buy some groceries. Stop eating out like this. You just wasted 20 bucks that you could have got a whole bunch of groceries and fed your daughter several meals. Like, I have to still have those kind of conversations. And I still have to be mindful of there's a future that I'm building for. There's, there's this moment that I want where money is no longer a problem. It is, it is a blessing. And I always see it as a blessing, even if I'm lacking. And it takes great effort to to be open and honest about these things that go wrong because we're so quick to hide. And I'm not going to hide because my hiding 
doesn't help me and it certainly doesn't help the people around me. It doesn't help my daughter who's watching me go through stuff and may idolize me for things that she shouldn't or may think I'm superhuman when I'm just truly human. Um, and may not understand how to come, come, come away with lessons from things that, that are hard. Um, I got to show her and not just talk to her about it, but show her through my actions that it's, it's possible to live this authentic and real life that requires you to be open and honest when you don't want to all the time. Um, and it's okay. And that if, if there are people out there judging you for being open and honest, they don't matter. What matters is how you feel. So when I was told I should have never shared my story online because it was embarrassing, because I'm a private person, I should keep it private and made me want to share it more. Because I'm like, this is why our community hurts. Because we suffer these secret battles. We suffer, we can't fight them alone. And then we die with a lot of stuff in our hearts. And I'm not willing to die with this knowing that I survived a pretty tough situation and that it's not uncommon for it to be that, yeah, you go through stuff. Like it's people go through stuff all day, every day, but the strength is in facing it and dealing with it and coming out of it. And the way to come out of it, you need support. You need the people around you. If I didn't have my family, if I didn't have my close friends who were telling me, you know what, you're going to be fine. This will one day be something you look back at and say, oh my God, I made it. And still today I have those people in my corner that are like, why are you doubting yourself when you know you've come out from so much? Look at where you are today. The person who I had the relationship with, who we had to end, we're in such a different place today. And and that's really because I had to heal from some things that happened in that relationship for me to be able to look him in the face and have a real conversation and not feel no kind of way about it. I'm okay. I'm okay with him moving on. I'm okay with me moving on. And I can respect that. I didn't think I'd ever come to this point. But I had to talk it out. I had to mention how frustrated it was to deal with that situation and be open and honest about it. For me to see, okay, there are things that I'm carrying that I need to let go to. And how about I start really being honest and dealing with that? How important that is for the women around me to see my growth in going through such a crazy situation and coming out of it and being the bigger person. And being an open and honest person and being a loving person still, like still having love that I'm willing to open myself up to a new relationship that I never thought I'd be able to do. That's, that's, that's what it means to be open and not suffer in silence. So many women suffer from broken situations that they don't talk about because people tell them, don't put your business out there. I'm not saying y'all go on Facebook Instagram, Twitter, whatever, go lay every part of your life out. I'm not saying that because there's things I still hold close to my heart and I talk with in private with folks in my circle who I trust and love. But I'm saying there are, there are parts of your story that if you are comfortable sharing, might lighten someone's day. It may make someone feel 
that there's possibilities out there for them to achieve the things they never thought possible. Our secret battles can't be secret for too long because we will die in this battle alone. So I, I speak to my sisters today, the women who are raising young men and women, sometimes alone in a co-parenting situation with a step parent possibly. I want you to understand this. You are only as good as what you overcome. And in order to overcome, you have to be assured that you have the ability to make it through. And it's going to take faith, strong faith in yourself, strong faith in God, strong faith in your abilities to to see your way through it. And that's what kept me going. When when things got so rough and it was like back-to-back stuff was happening. I mean, when I tell you one thing would happen, another thing would happen. And it got to the point where there was one day where I was like, I can't do it no more. I-